Thanks, guys. I feel the love so much, but sit down. Oh, gosh, Corey, why do you have to do that? Now I'm pressured. <laughs> but yeah, well, you roasted me. So <laughs> before I start, I just want to honor you and thank you for this opportunity. Um, thank you for giving me this space to share my testimony. Thank you for trusting in the shortest person in this church to run Kids Church. And <laughs> I, that's me, by the way. Oh, he's mentioned it already, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just hope and pray that I can deliver my testimony as passionate as you would when you would talk about Jesus every Sunday morning and evening and to just everyone that you talk to. But yeah, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And yeah, we are so, what? Okay, sweet, okay. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you that you are here. You haven't left with Cor um, Corey's roasting. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we just love you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you that you have given each and every one of us a testimony. It was all because of your grace, of your mercy, of your abundant love for all of us that we all have each and every one a testimony to share. I pray that my testimony, Lord God, today will stir faith um, in the hearts of each and every one that would hear it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. So I'm going to try to do this. I tried to have an outline because if you guys know me, I normally just blabber around because I just get passionate. But so I tried to have an outline. So it's going to be in three parts. I have like the Cyrene, Cyrene BC, Cyrene before Christ. And I have the turning point and then the Cyrene AC. What's that? Oh, you guys are so smart. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, so I'll start with Cyrene BC. Um, so that would also involve like introducing myself and my upbringing. Um, so I am from the Philippines. I've been here for like eight or nine years now. Um, but I am from a six um, family of six. So there's four of us. Um, I have three brothers. So two older brothers and a younger brother. And my parents are devout Catholics. And so we're always at church every Sunday growing up. And so I know about God. I know about Jesus. I know about heaven. Um, but it was all head knowledge. Um, but also being the only girl. Oh, have I mentioned I was the only girl? Yep, I have. So being the only girl, <laughs> I was given a lot of attention and was so loved. Um, Sorry, I'm just not telling this to brag that I'm the favorite cousin, favorite granddaughter, favorite niece. Um, but this is going to be an important factor um, for my story, so just bear with me. Um, I had so much freedom growing up um, because my parents trusted me. Um, sorry, I got ahead. So growing up, my parents sacrificed so much. Um, so they had to be away from us to give us a better education. So we were staying in a different town and my parents are working in a different town um, because they wanted us to have a, an amazing education. So we were looked after um, by other people. So I had so much freedom growing up and because my parents trusted me because I was excelling at school and I was giving them so much pride because I was... I would always finish the year with flying colors. Um, this is both in primary and high school. And again, this might sound like I'm bragging, um, but it's really because of these factors, and I had to mention them, um, that my, in my life, I started to become prideful. 
because um, I have always had friends. <laughs> I've always had people around me. I've felt the love of my family, of everyone around me, and I was always excelling at school. And so my life uh, looked perfect outward, but on the inside, these things, my friends, my family, me excelling always, they became my security, they became my identity, and I became so prideful, and I've never had rejection before, and I've never failed, but I had the fear of that. It was so weird that I would have had a fear of rejection when I haven't been rejected. I had a fear of failing when I haven't failed before. Um, so yeah, and then I went to college, um, I was 16, and so moved to a further city from my family, so I had more freedom. Um, oh, I don't think I've mentioned, but I, was, I started drinking when I was in, at the end of my primary years um, because I had so much freedom. Um, <laughs> and so now, further away from my parents, more freedom and more allowance, because you're in uni, so you need more money. Um, so now I then carried on with the partying, the drinking, and all those things. My first year in uni, um, I was still okay because I didn't know much. I didn't know a lot of people yet in the uni. Um, so I was doing well with my academics and excelling at school. And I, um, do you guys know about Dean's List? So when you have, again, flying colors when you finish the year. So I had that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not bragging. It's, it's, it's paramount. I need to tell the story. Um, so, yeah, um, I wasn't doing that the first year because I didn't know a lot of people. But then come this second year, I came to know more and more people and then, like, started... Um, drinking and partying and other things that you would do when you're drinking and partying. Um, <laughs> so this started as just a weekend thing, um, but then there was a point when it became a daily thing. Um, and I was jeopardizing my studies and, um, yeah, because I would spend the night drinking and partying when I am supposed to be studying. So... Because of that, because lack of preparation, because I'm always drunk and I would go to school um, hangover, um, I started cheating <laughs> at school. <laughs> so to, yeah, so, but still I graduated, <laughs> not, not with flying colors this time. Um, and yeah, I graduated because partly I was cheating, but also I was studying, but yeah, so I was cheating and studying. <laughs> Um, and so I graduated uni when I was 21, so I did accounting, um, so a bachelor's degree in accountancy. And in the Philippines, when you finish accounting, you have to take board exams to be a licensed accountant. And so because obviously I wasn't preparing for it because the last two years of my uni was spent drinking and partying and things that you do when you're drinking and partying, um, I failed to board exams and it was so hard because it was one of my fears, fear of failing and I didn't know how to handle the failure because I have never experienced it before. Um, so I slowly started realizing that maybe I'm really not who I think I am. Like 
Maybe I actually don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm actually not smart. But like they, these thoughts, these, all these feelings were like foreign to me. And all of my friends were, I love my friends and they're still my friends now. And I still like communicate with them every now and then, like once a year. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I love them so much, but it was more of a superficial friendship. We won't talk about deep and meaningful stuff. It's always just having fun. And so I didn't know who to talk to about it. Um, so I was just like, it would be in my head, I would brush it off, but I would always think like, maybe there's more to life than just drinking and partying. And I wanted to stop because one, I hate failing and I really need to get my license to be an accountant. So this is my third, this, this is gonna be my third time taking the exam. And so I was like, I really need to stop drinking, but I couldn't because I had the fear of missing out. Because as you know, like my security were in my friends because I had so much friends. Um, and so I was like, oh, I really need to stop drinking. But I would have the fear of missing out. I would tell my friends that, oh, I'm not going. But then they would come to my house and they would drag me and then I end up going and then again, getting drunk again and then hangover and then won't be able to study again. Um, and then there was just one night, it was the 21st of um, August, I think, 2014, no, 2014. Um, so I decided to just stay at home because um, I just couldn't anymore. I told my friends that, hey, I'm really not going. They came to my house still, still wanted to drag me, but then I don't know, for some reason they weren't successful. So I stayed home and I had this, um, I, I was just gonna, watch movie or something. Um, my laptop was borrowed by a friend, um, a Christian friend. She was also really close to me. She's never spoken to me about her faith, but I know she's Christian because she doesn't get drunk <laughs> and she doesn't get wasted with me, but she would never like, oh, like judge me. She was always so loving to me. Um, so she borrowed my laptop and then when she returned it on that Saturday, um, there was a movie on the desktop there was a video and I messaged her, I was like, oh, what is this? And she was like, oh, it's a movie or um, it's a movie. Um, so if you're not doing anything, feel free to watch it. And I was like, okay, sure, I can watch it. That was my plan anyway to watch. And so the movie is God's Not Dead. <laughs> Have you guys watched it? Yeah, God is good all the time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to breathe because I'm getting nervous. <laughs> You guys are so quiet. Um, but yeah, so it was, it's, it was God's Not Dead. And if you guys have no idea what God's Not Dead, uh, what the movie God's Not Dead is about, it was about this Christian dude who went into uni and then the professor wanted everyone to be in agreement that um, God's dead. So write it on a piece of paper and then, yeah, submit it. And then, so this dude, he just can't in his like conviction um, not write, the word God's dead, so he wrote God's not dead. And so he was given um, a few uh, slot during the session to, in like in the beginning to uh, convince everyone that his God is not dead. And so I don't remember most of the things, but what stood out to me the most and what made me bow my eyes out was that when he said, if God is dead, if God does not exist, then everything in the world is permissible. Everything in the world is allowed. Everything in the world will be permitted. 
And I was like, wow, with the decisions that I have been making in the past, like, like during, actually, um, in that time, anyway, um, with everything that I have been um, doing, the decisions that I was making, there's so many instances that I would think that, oh, like this could go wrong or I could be in danger, but it always felt like God, there was someone's hands on me, protecting me and not permitting it to happen. And so I don't know how you guys would have uh, responded to that or how you guys would receive to that, but that was the turning point for me, the movie. And so <laughs> if you guys are gonna get anything from my testimony today is that if you're believing for someone to be saved, God can use anything and everything because he used the movie with me. So if you bring someone to me and say that, oh, um, this person won't be saved, I'm like, just wait, just wait, because he can use anyone and anything for them to be saved. My family is Catholic, and if they're saved or not, only God knows that, but I do believe that they will be saved, and I have been praying, and I will be praying, and I have faith that they will be saved. Um, so yeah, if you're going to take out anything from this, it's that God can do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can imagine if you just let him. Um, and so yeah, so that's that. Um, and then at the end of the movie, if you guys have watched it, it would say to message three or four people or post it on your Facebook feed that God's not dead. I did that. I was gonna send, I was gonna give, <laughs> I was gonna give them a photo of my status um, on Facebook and actually no one liked it, but it was fine. It didn't matter to me. I don't care. Normally I would post a lot of like drunken photos and with lots of co um, comments, lots of likes, but that post of mine didn't have any likes. No one commented, but it was okay. I was, I was okay. Um, and so, yeah, message a few of my friends, and they were like, what are you on about? <laughs> and I was like, God's not dead. And so I messaged a friend that, that, that uh, left. She, di she didn't do it intentionally, by the way, guys. She didn't leave the movie intentionally. Um, so I messaged her. I was like, where's your church? Can I go to your church? And she was like, yeah, sure. Um, so she picked me up the next day, went to church, and I don't remember what the preaching was about, but... I remember bowling my eyes out again and just kneeling and putting my hands up. That was foreign to me because we don't do that in Catholic church. Um, and yeah, just giving my life to Christ. And three months after I got baptized and um, yeah, there was no turning back. <laughs> um, and that was the turning point. And now we have Cyrene AC. <laughs> Cyrene so after Christ. So obviously, <laughs> as you would know when you encounter Christ, jokes. Sometimes it would take a while. But I had a radical change with my lifestyle. The things that I struggle with the most, my fear of missing out was gone instantly, overnight. I went to church. All I could do, it was so bad. <laughs> I just want to hang out with the people at church. I would still obviously hang out with my friends, but I won't go like partying and drinking anymore. And this was my fear. This, I've always wanted to stop drinking, but I had the fear of missing out, but I couldn't do it in my own strength. And this Jesus dude came into my life and I could just, even like right now, I can't fathom it. Like from 13, <laughs> 
I shouldn't be doing the age because then you would look at me and be like, oh my gosh, she's been drinking so much. But yeah, <laughs> so it was from 13 to 21, I was just drinking all the time. And I wanted to stop, but obviously from 13 to 21, I, I wasn't alcoholic, but I just liked drinking. So it wasn't like an overnight thing that I started, like, started liking drinking, right? Um, so it would also, in, if you're logical, if you're, um, yeah, you wouldn't think that it would happen overnight. It would also take time um, for me to let go of drinking, but it happened overnight because of Jesus. Um, and I don't care if my friends um, will be having fun, will be partying. I'm happy to just spend my time um, and getting to know more about this Jesus that came to my life and gave me hope and gave me identity and told me that there's so much, you're right, the things that you have been thinking in your head, you were saying that there's more to life than this, there is. I have a wonderful plan and purpose for your life. He spoke everything, everything that was unspoken that I never knew who to talk to about, he answered when he, yeah, he rescued me, when he met me, when he saved me. Um, so yeah, I started going to church, going to Bible study, and as I've mentioned, after three months, I got baptized. Um, and these are the things that I've never imagined myself doing. Like even my Facebook feed changed <laughs> from like drunk party photos to just like posting about Jesus, um, Bible verses, <laughs> and everything about this new faith that I've just found. Um, likes and comments obviously went down. Why did I say obviously? Um, but... <laughs> But this didn't matter to me because I just wanted to tell the world about Jesus and how he rescued me and have given me purpose and hope. My friends starting no um, started noticing the change in me. Some were happy, but some would make a mockery of my new faith, but it was okay. I was content. I was satisfied. Um, one of the biggest things, um, Cyrene AC, after Christ, that I had um, was, um, when I was rescued was the Bible. Um, I started reading the word and would just get so much from it. Like I've never, even though I knew about God, about Jesus, about heaven, I've never read a Bible before because in Catholic, I think, well, where I am, where our church was, it was only the priest that would read it to us. Um, and so the Bible was a display in our house anyway. Um, and so I started reading the word and we just get so much from it. And before, um, even when I don't realize it, it became the authority in my life. It became a weapon to me. It became the source of strength, joy, guidance, rebuke, correction and wisdom. Everyone who knows me would know that I get scared with closed, narrow, and dark spaces. And so I would get scared of going in an elevator by myself. <laughs> no one else? Just me? Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's because of a trauma in the past. Um, but yeah, I would get scared in closed, dark spaces. But when I came to Christ and started reading my Bible, I could easily just be like, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Literally, if I 
if I would be going to like a 14th floor and I'm on the ground, I'd just be like repeating that, repeating that until I am not scared anymore or until I'm tired of like repeating that so I don't think about like getting scared anymore. But it did the job. It helped. <laughs> um, and another instance when I had the Bible as authority in my life was when I was getting my driving license here in Queenstown. <laughs> so it takes... I think like three or six months to apply for your restricted after you get your learners, right? Um, and um, if you guys know me as well, I'm quite impatient. <laughs> um, but I was already confident with driving. I, I thought I knew how to drive. And so even when I was on a learners, I started driving without the learners plate. I was already Christian then, guys. Um, so if anyone has no sin here, you can cast the first stone. <laughs> But yeah, so um, so I, yeah, it wasn't convicting me. I was okay with it. Um, I didn't think there was an issue with it because um, I was confident about driving. I care a lot about people. I don't think I would, you know, like intentionally crash onto someone. Um, but yeah, I didn't have the restricted license yet. I was on my learners. Um, and so... I read the verse because uh, God just has ways <laughs> of speaking to you, right? If you're seeking Him. So Romans 13. <laughs> yes, Zimi. Uh, Romans 13 uh, verses 1 to 2 says, Obey the government, for God is the one who has put it there. There is no government anywhere that God has not placed in power. So those who refuse to obey the law of the land are refusing to obey God. And I was like, why? <laughs> I, <laughs> I am helping people to get to church and I'm already confident driving. I'm not going to crash onto anyone. Why is this an issue? But anyways, long story short, um, by, the, by God's strength and grace and mercy, um, I did not drive again until I had my restricted Woohoo, God! Not me, because I really wanted to drive because I didn't want to go take the bus. Um, but anyway, so many things that I used to do, big and small, that did not convict me or wasn't an issue, but now would convict me. And I would be like, I'm not supposed to do that. And it's hard. But by God's grace and God's strength and seeking Him, I would be able to abide to the new standards that now I have in my life since coming to Christ. Um, so life in Cyrene after Christ um, were loads of answered prayers, but loads of unanswered ones as well. I was praying so hard for, for my auntie to get healed of cancer because my, two, my cousins that dad just died like a year before and so now my auntie got diagnosed of cancer um, and I prayed so hard I asked everyone in Josh's um, care cell to pray for her um, she got better for a bit but then um, eventually she died um, so yeah lo loads of answered prayers and unanswered prayers but by again by the grace of God and God's mercy I did not Waver in faith because I know that he has plans and the way he came into my life was unexpected. The way how he would use a movie when I was enjoying my life was so profound and 
I don't think I can question if he decided, I don't, I, yeah, I still don't know if he decided to take my auntie away or I don't know. Um, there's so many things that I didn't know. Um, life after Christ is loads of waiting, loads of humbling and moments and season of I don't knows. Um, so many, I don't know. So I don't know if I'm cut for this. Um, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know if this is ever going to end. I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but what God would always come through for me, through his word, through his people, through the people that I surround myself with. And through those people, through the word, he would always, always tell me that it's okay if you don't know, because I know and you can trust me. Um, but yeah, I think amidst all of these, um, I have a hope that no one can take away from me since I had Jesus. Um, and if you're gonna ask me, maybe you don't wanna ask me, but it's part of it. Um, my favorite Bible verse <laughs> is Psalm 23 verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If the Lord is my shepherd, then I am his sheep, prone to wonder and entirely reliant to him, whether I realize it or not. But if God is my shepherd and I am a sheep, then I know that he will provide for me. I know that he will guide me. I know that he will protect me. And I know that he alone and he alone can satisfy me. And so is life perfect? No. <laughs> um, do I get tired? Yes. Do I get burnt out? Yes. Do I still have I don't know moments? Yes. But God, Jesus is my hope. And Jesus just always finds a way to confirm, to validate, to tell me, to encourage me, to show me that, hey, you're doing great. Hey, you got me. Hey, remember when I saved you through that movie, even though when you weren't looking for me and I have found you, I still have more. I still have more. If you're expecting, if you're, if you're, expect, if you're expectant for me to move, the things that I could think of right now that I would want for my life, God, he would always put it in my heart that he can exceed that. He can exceed that. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so the biggest expectations that I would have of God, even that he can surpass, even that he can exceed. Um, and so let me finish. Sorry, am I? Sorry. I think I've gone over time, sorry. Um, I'm just gonna read a journal, um, a journal of mine from, I'll finish with that, a journal of mine from when I was in the Philippines. Um, I know this is so vulnerable, but I trust you all guys. Um, so it was on the 7th of December, 2022, I was in the Philippines. So I'm gonna read everything as it's written here, so don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> I'm at Bayfront Hotel right now, so the room was paid for by my friends, by the way, um, it wasn't me. I'm at Bayfront Hotel right now in my room as I was writing this. Today is very special as after about 20 years, I'm finally gonna get a 2020 vision. I had my smile surgery, so that's a LASIK surgery to get your vision fixed at 2.30 Philippine time. I'm so precise. 
Before I went to the hospital, I was on my knees praising and thanking God for His goodness, grace, mercy, love and faithfulness in my life. I can't believe I'm actually seeing again without glasses and contact lenses. Still a bit hazy and not as perfect yet, but the doctor said it will keep improving. Before this, there were multiple occasions where I have prayed for my eyes to get better. I would lay hands on my own eyes and pray in faith for God to heal me, but it never happened. But I remain praying and believing that it will actually happen. And so before I went to the hospital, I was crying heaps because God has just been so good to me. It's funny how the date today is the 7th of December. Seven is completion. I have something with, the, with sevens, guys. Um, but God understands that about me and he always comes in signs and wonders through sevens. Um, I got my residency after seven years. And after seven years, I was able to finally come home. I also believe that me finally seeing in the natural also entails seeing in the spirit and having visions. It's so funny how during my eye procedure, the doctor was, led, was telling me to fix my eyes on the green light and then afterwards to just follow on the white light. Funny that in the Bible, it tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, even amidst the uncertainty, amidst the doubt, the fear, Everything will be okay because what's the worst that could happen if I have Jesus? Even as I was thinking of the worst case scenario with my surgery, I didn't feel fear because in those scenarios, I have included in Jesus and he was in the picture. There's really nothing that I can't cope if I have Jesus with me. It's also funny that as I fix my eyes on the green light and the white light, the doctor was doing all the fixing and repairing of my impaired vision. Made me also realize that as we fix our eyes on Jesus, he takes us from glory to glory and constantly refining, purifying us into perfection till the day he comes. My loss of vision was all self-inflicted, but it was corrected by the goodness, grace, and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am in awe and I am excited for the future that you have for me, God. You alone deserves all the glory, all the praise, all the worship. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Um. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um. Okay, um, oh, the team is coming back now, but I just, if, like, as we sing and worship, um, I just feel like there's a lot of us here that are waiting for the suddenlies, because I have been through that. As I've said, like, life after Christ was all a lot of waiting a lot of humbling, but in those waiting, there was a lot of suddenly God. Suddenly, when I thought I was gonna leave New Zealand because I was not gonna get, I was not gonna get my residency. Suddenly, Jacinda decided to give away one-off residency. Suddenly, I got the job that I've been wanting to do to be an accountant. There's so many suddenlies, and I feel like there are people around here that have the I don't knows that I've had and I still have right now. I don't know if I'm cut for this. I don't know if 
I don't know what to do after this. I don't know why you saved me and now I don't know what I'm doing even. And so yeah, um, I'm sure God will minister to you just as He had to me. Um, sometimes it would just take you stepping out of, stepping in faith and believing that God will actually speak to you if you just let Him. There were so many times in my life that I just let Him. There were so many times that I would strive in my own strength, but the moment I rest, the moment I stay still, that's when He shows up. In my weakness, He was my strength. And so if there's anyone here as we worship, um, as we praise the Lord, if you, if you are in the I don't know season, it's okay because God knows and you can trust Him. So if, yeah, but if you want to be, to be poured into, to be prayed for, there's all of us here, all of us that could pray. Um, yeah, just come and if you're waiting for the suddenly, if you're waiting for something on God, just anything, um, yeah, come up and we will pray for you and we will stand beside you. And yeah, if we could just pray quickly, um, Jesus. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you and you alone. Lord, for you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, you began a good work, who began a good work in us will bring it to completion at the day of your coming again. Lord, you are the vine and whoever abides in you will bear much fruit. And apart from you, we can do nothing. You have overcome the world, Lord. And you are the light of the world and whoever follows you will not walk in darkness. You are our mediator between God. For our sake, God made you to be sin who knew no sin so that in you, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. You are the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And you uphold the universe by the word of your power. You are the way and the truth and life, Jesus. You are the bread of life. Anyone and anyone who comes to you will never go hungry and thirsty. Whoever goes to you will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in you will never be thirsty. Lord, help us to align our hearts in you. Help us to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. Help us to set our foot into following you, God, and help us to just extend our, our hands to do what you want us to do, Lord. Lord, in the waiting, thank you that you are moving. Lord, in the waiting of the all the suddenlies, Lord, thank you that you are there. Lord, you are in the midst of it all. You have never left us. You will never leave us. Lord, thank you that the words that I have spoken today will stir faith, would have planted seeds in rich soil that will grow multiple folds, God. Lord, may you be glorified in everything that you are doing in our lives. Lord, may you increase as we decrease. Lord, as we fix our eyes on you, thank you that you guide us, you protect us, you provide us, and we are not in lack of anything. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. You alone, Father, deserve all the glory, all the praise and all the worship. In Jesus' name.